I love asking questions and I think most teachers do because we as teachers understand the power of asking really good questions because great questions lead to great dialogue and great dialogue leads to great learning. And that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. But we're going to do it in a really unique way because we are finalizing our three-part series on how to bring our teacher game to another level. And so far, we have looked at two incredible questions that I don't think we as a population of teachers are asking enough. But this third question is going to bring it all together. And it's going to be like one of those boom, light bulb moments, and it's going to all fit together like a perfect puzzle. And then we are going to have the complete picture and roadmap for why we do what we do. So if you haven't already left a review on this podcast, if you've been listening to this teacher life for a hot minute and you keep thinking, man, I've been, I've been wanting to do that. I should do that. It would mean a ton to me if you could leave a quick written review telling us what you think of this podcast. But for right now, we are going to get rolling on this super interesting episode. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities. Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. know that kids come into our classroom and kids come into schools and kids log into Chromebooks in order to learn. But I think we use that word learn a lot. And I know for myself and maybe you included that we don't often take a step back and kind of define that word. Like what does learning actually mean? And I love taking simple words that we think we all know and understand and seriously reflecting on, but what is that? So in a, in a simple Google search, like if you go and search the definition of learning, they, they say the acquisition, such a fancy word, but it's the acquisition of knowledge or skills through an experience, through studying, or through being taught. And I think something that we don't emphasize enough in that list is experience, right? So learning is through an experience, through studying or being taught. So we as teachers understand, of course, like we are teaching kids content. Maybe yours is science. Maybe yours is second grade math. Maybe yours is uh, senior social studies, right? Everyone has their content and their curriculum of what we are physically teaching. Like these are our standards. 
And then we also understand that kids have to take that and study it outside of our classroom. If we really want to create 21st century citizens and kids who really for sure understand the material, they're going to have to study it on their own time. But it's through experience that I really want to focus on in this episode. So just to kind of recap, in the previous two weeks, we've been asking ourselves three super important questions in order to figure out, like, are we changing the game for kids? Are we being game changers in education? And that first question, spoiler alert, I want you to go back and listen to these other episodes, but I'll give you the cliff notes of of the questions. First question was, Do students love coming into our classes? The second question was, do we as teachers love actually teaching those classes? And big question number three is this. Did everybody learn something? And I get that if you were to ask somebody who's not in education, like why do kids go to school? They would say, uh, to learn, obviously. But that's why I wanted to define the word learn because I think it's not about textbooks always and it's not about worksheets always and it's not about a Google slide deck always. Sometimes the thing that we have to do is learn and communicate through experiences. And honestly, if we were to ask our students, hey, how do you learn best? Like how were you able to take what I taught you? And truly make it come to life for your own personal life. For you to truly get your brain wrapped around it and you're like, oh my gosh, I get it. Oftentimes it's not from memorizing a shit ton of things on a study guide. It's just not. Oftentimes it's not them like creating note cards of this like rote memory type of thing or filling in the blanks. Like we really want to create experiences for our kids. And so the question then is, how do we do that? How do we cause kids to walk out of the room and say, yes, today everyone learned something? Us included. Like we as the teachers deserve to learn something along the way as well. So one of the best ways for me to explain this is to give you some insight into the context of like a real lesson. So I'm actually going to give you um, just a story, a link to a strategy on something that I have done um, while teaching science. So my first 12 years as a teacher, I actually did uh, middle school science. And last year I also did high school science. And one of the things that we were studying was your sense of smell and how your sense of taste and smell were actually linked, right? So I can give kids diagrams of the brain and um, diagrams of taste buds and we can talk about sour versus sweet versus umami, right? There's all kinds of incredible scientific graphs and scientific vocabulary that we can give students to learn a specific topic. And we did that. We looked at some diagrams. We looked at some pictures. We watched an episode of Good Mythical Morning, which was amazing. And we showed how Rhett and Link um, were able to distinguish or not distinguish certain things by having a blindfold on. Because so much of our senses work together. 
And that's all fantastic. But when it comes down to it, if the learning goal was to prove that our sense of taste is 80% our sense of smell, then I need to prove this to kids with an experience. So I went out and I bought some Mike and Ikes. I bought some Skittles. I bought some Sweet Tarts, all of which have different flavors, supposedly. But if the kid had their eyes closed, they wouldn't be able to distinguish what they were eating unless their taste buds detected it. Now, I'm not trying to get all scientific and like data-driven on you, but this was a really cool experience for kids because I had sophomores who are 100% convinced that even with their eyes closed, they would be able to tell a red Mike and Ike from a green Mike and Ike or a grape or a purple sweet tart from a yellow sweet tart. And then I said, okay, great. Well, let's experience this. And so they had to close their eyes and they had little cups of each of the candies. And simply by closing their eyes, they were not able to actually figure out what they were eating. And it was mind blowing to them because they were like, no way, no way you're lying. I know that was grape. And it's like, no, their partner's like, no, that wasn't grape. That was lime. And then we took it to another level and they had to lose their sense of smell as well. We had heard like, oh my gosh, taste and smell go hand in hand. It's 80% of, of your senses are linked in that way. And then all of a sudden they couldn't see the candy and they couldn't smell the candy. The kids were crashing and burning, trying to figure out what in the heck kind of Skittle they were eating. And so that was an experience. It wasn't about a Google slide. It wasn't about a worksheet. It wasn't about memorizing all kinds of facts and figures. It was something where kids truly learned it because they did it. And did they have fun in the process? Oh my gosh, so much fun. Did I as the teacher have fun in the process? Oh my God, it was, it was a hoot. I feel like an old lady who just said it was a hoot, but it was, it was so freaking funny. And so if we kind of put this all together into three questions, like did the students enjoy that lesson? Yes. Did I, as the teacher enjoy the lesson? Yes. Did everyone learn something? Yes. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything bad with worksheets. There's nothing bad with formal assessments in the form of, you know, a paper and pencil test. There are three different ways to learn though, friends. Experience, study, and physically being taught by the teacher. And so this is not an episode intended to shame you if you are more workbook driven or textbook driven or memorization driven. That is not the goal at all, friends. The true goal here is, is how can we find ways for everyone to learn something in a variety of ways. To think outside the box a little bit and create those game-changing moments for kids. You know your subject area best. You went to college to be an elementary school teacher or to be an English teacher at the middle school level or to be a high school health teacher. Like You know your content. So rest in the fact that you are an expert in that. Then what we have to do as teachers is figure out, okay, how can we create those moments that kids are going to be like, 
holy crap, I get it. And I had fun in the process. And then you as a teacher had fun in the process as well. This three-part series has all been about being a game changer for kids. And the reality of the situation is that I think we can all be game changers for kids in small but significant ways. And that's why I want to personally invite you to my third quarter online course called Game Changers. How we can get kids engaged and motivated, all students, seriously, all kids, regardless of whether you are teaching virtually, in person, or hybrid. I really believe that students deserve to love every moment of learning and teachers deserve to love every moment of teaching, especially as we continue in the stress of this pandemic. So if you are ready for some funky, fresh ideas and to really, truly change the game, change the way that kids learn, go to monicagenta.com slash courses. Registration for this 21-day virtual course is only open for a short period of time more. The course starts February 1st, and I promise it is worth checking out. I'll put a link in the show notes, but again, it's monicagenta.com slash courses. Let's change the game for our kids as we learn and laugh during the month of February. Now, earlier in the episode, I gave you an example of a content learning experience. And I know that not all of you are science teachers, and I really hope that I didn't lose you on that. Sometimes I geek out in my subject area. Do you do that too? Oh my goodness. So if you're like, what? I lost you at some data that you said 80% of taste and smell go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me take a big step back. And regardless of who you teach, where you teach, and what you teach, let's talk about an experience that all of us can provide regardless of the age of our kids. And that was something that actually came from a student. Not too long ago, a student said, Mishenta, do you love to iron? And I was like, ugh, gross, no. Do people actually love to iron? If so, I'm not one of them. And they said, well, how do you keep the collars on your shirt? so nice and I was like first of all thank you I didn't even know you noticed that and they're like yeah whenever I have a collar on my shirt it gets so like wonky and like it folds over funny and I can't ever hold it down right and I said okay so here's the deal I hate ironing but there is a trick on how you can either hang your shirts or fold your shirts to keep the creases on collars super nice and I said let me, let me tell you how to do it. And I was explaining it in words. I was telling them in words how to do it. And they, I could just tell they had no idea what was happening. So I thought, you know what? Tomorrow what I'm going to do is I'll bring in a collared shirt and I'm going to physically show you how to do this. So I brought in a couple of my collared shirts that I hang on hangers. That's how I prefer to do it. But I also understand that a lot of our kids don't have a lot of closet space. Shoot, even adults don't have a lot of closet space. So I brought in a shirt and I showed them the step-by-step way that I fold shirts with the buttons, with creasing the arms, with a, a double fold to the top. And even in words, you're probably like, girl, I cannot envision what you're doing here. And so I thought, Monica, create an experience for them. You have told them how to do it. You've shown them how to do it. 
get them up here, fold in this shirt. So I had a couple of shirts with me and I brought them into small groups up to the table and I showed them and then I had them repeat the steps. And each of my students did this a couple of times. It took like five minutes, it did. So it took some time out of class, but every kid had the experience of how to fold a shirt in a new way. And they were stinking mind blown. They're like, what? This is what they look like in a store when you go shopping. This is how they are on tables. And I said, yeah, guys, this is a real strategy. And they're like, no wonder the shirts always look so nice in stores like Old Navy or at the Gap or, you know, Rue 21. And they were naming their favorite stores. And I thought they've simply never had the experience on how to fold a shirt. That is so small, but it was a game changing moment for them. Did everyone learn something in the process of this? Yes. I learned that kids want their collars to look nice. They, kids don't want to look a hot mess. Sometimes they just don't have the strategies or the resources in order to make it happen. Did kids learn something? Yeah. I literally had kids come in the next day and they're like, Miss Jenta, I went home and I refolded every single shirt in my drawer that had a collar on it to make that work. And I was like, yes. So guys, I think that when, you know, if to button this all up, oh, okay, yes, that was a pun. To button this all up, not just talking about shirts, but this series on how to be game changers for kids, how to bring our teaching game to another level, to engage and to motivate students. I wanna remind you the three questions one more time. Every single day on our commute home from work, as we're like charging up our laptop because we're virtual teachers, like I want us to go through three big questions. One, did the students enjoy today? Two, did you as the teacher enjoy today? Three, did everybody learn something? And maybe it's a life skill. Maybe it's a curriculum moment. Maybe you learned something about the kid on a relational level. But if we can say yes to two out of the three of those every day, we're crushing it. If we can say yes to three out of three of those every once in a while, then we are having those game changing moments for kids. And that's what we want to capitalize on. I am so stinking excited to go into February and lead this concept in a 21-day course. And I know so many of you listeners are already signed up. What I love about this course that I start in February is it's the time when we all need some new strategies. Things that worked in September and October might not be working anymore. So who doesn't need a few more tools for our tool belt? Who doesn't need some funky fresh ideas to re-engage kids as we hit that really hard part in the year, February, gross. I don't know any teacher who's like, February's my favorite month. There's so many breaks and holidays during February to give us the break that we need. Nobody says that because it's not true. So one more time, because the course is about to close, head on over to monicagenta.com courses. Get yourself looking into registration for the Game Changers online PD. It's fun, it's flexible, it's stinking affordable, and I know that it will make a huge difference in your teacher life. You simply listening to these episodes makes a big difference in my teacher life because one of my passions is helping fellow teachers learn and grow. And I love laughing and learning with you every single week. 
So thank you for listening to this episode. And more importantly, thank you so much for living this teacher life.